stop Okay, so here's the thing about uh, this law. What it does, it's not something, it's, it's not, I mean, it's a good thing actually because back then, right, check this out, yeah, back then, I think before 2000, in the year 2000, now a lot of like, a lot of filmmakers were like, you know, were, were making money back mm. then because there's not much of a uh, competition, right? And welcome to another episode of Capital with my guest today, Abraham. What's up? So Abraham, I knew him uh, because we were both in production. So yeah. to some of you guys that don't know, I'm, I'm actually a producer. I also make like uh, commercials, uh, some short films every now and then. But he he, he is on a whole other level. I, I'm just like a small fish over here. So maybe Abraham, could you give some introduction to the people out there? Um, yeah, I do films, um, short films, music videos, um, commercial. I did, I think Puma, I think it was like, Four years ago, Puma, man. Four years ago, <laughs> uh, music video. Um, I did a lot of uh, mass music. Uh, I think three music videos for for them. Yeah, mass music. Yeah, the boys. Adam's family. Mm -hmm. um, catch a vibe. Catch a vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Catch a vibe. Catch a vibe is like you know, it's my favorite music video. Yeah, actually. yeah. Legit. That that was a good one. Man. Yeah. I love that one, man. Um, and some of the local artists uh, as well. Um, I'm not sure like if you guys can remember them. It's been you know, it's been so long. I'm taking a break now, actually. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he was still pretty active, and we we were him. We actually worked together on a project together, and uh, yeah, I think so. Right now you're doing something else, right? Yeah, business. business. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's yeah. now like, look at him. Like okay, before this he had long hair. Those are the, like one of the stoner dudes, <laughs> like super chill kind of dude. Right now it's like super business man. I, I used to had a earring back then. Oh yeah, legit, legit, legit. I look like a like a hobo. Hobo, yo. <laughs> So anyways, he has definitely upgraded right now and looking super for fresh a while. and clean. For a while. For a while? Yeah, just for a while. Don't you, have to, you have to keep this up, man. It's, yeah. it's, look, it's looking nah, good, bro. I don't, I, I don't feel, you know, it's, it's me. Ah, okay. True lah. Then, then don't do it lah. You know, it's like, okay. Like, do it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta eat though. You gotta eat. Yeah. So actually, we are here today because of, uh, you know, it's like a very spontaneous kind of thing. Uh, with the whole Finas fiasco. Uh, as you guys already might know, the I think so. The, what government is uh, the state? The Finas. Finas. Finas is uh, what's Finas? Can you tell the tell? organization of uh, of uh, film in Malaysia? And basically, they're in charge of uh, rules and laws, uh, regulation as well uh, for for films here, um, locally in Malaysia. So even though you're from outside, let's like say you're from Philippines and you want to come here to shoot, you still have to go uh, through Finas first. Ooh. So basically, they came out with this uh, statement whereby uh, any any filmmakers, okay, the statement that they already have corrected it. Uh, I didn't know, but you know, just for uh, demonstration purposes of how why they reacted so strongly to this, because I think most people reacted strongly to this because they said that you need to get a license for fifty thousand ringgit. That is crazy, and and that, that applies at, at that time. It applied to people that even like on TikTok, IG, YouTube, any content, even like this. This would have been the last episode. If it wasn't for the letter that they came up with the statement they came out last yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So but here's the thing, like Abraham had a different opinion. Well everyone was like, oh no, this is a bad thing, it's the wrong thing. Suddenly told me like actually it's actually a good thing. Do you know that? I'm like, what? I mean can you can you share why you think like okay. it's actually a positive? So first of all, um actually this law is not something new. It's actually um it's been around since uh, for decades. 
I mean, it's like, I think since 1981. 1981. 1981. But they just implement this law. Um, how do you say this? They just enforce this law because, like, a lot of, like, you know, a lot of, um, how do you say this? Since the, uh, since there's a new, uh, like, people taking over in Finas, so there's a lot of changes happening right now. Um, for the good, or maybe not, sometimes, you know, for, you know, for the filmmakers, or even, you know, in this case, TikTok. Right, right, things. true. So, um, see, in 1981, at that time, people don't have a, uh, any social media, right. right? No YouTube, no Snapchat, no Instagram, no, right. no TikTok. So, of course, like, um, with this law, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But a lot of people actually uh, misconcept with the uh, with the law nowadays. When, when they see the, uh, mm. I think it was like three days ago, right? Oh yeah, uh, three days ago, and they everybody just jump in and it's like, oh, like you know, what, what the fuck is this? Right. You know, like you know, it's not, it's not normal. Are you trying to like you know? Are you trying to like uh, control us? You know, like the government trying to control us? Right, right. But no, it's actually I think it's just misconception. But they already cleared it out. Right. So TikTokers, you, you guys can still dance. So true. Shake that booty for me. <laughs> but anyways, do you dance any TikTok by the way? I, I I do TikTok videos, but they're more they're not none of those like uh, dancing kind of stuff. It's like oh. more comedy skits kind of shit. But I know I'm not really active on TikTok. I'm more active on YouTube. And my cousin uh, actually forced me to uh, shit legit? to dance. Uh, no, to shoot a uh, TikTok for her. I, I did some shooting. Pew pew pew. Pew pew And another one is like you know just like dancing around in the fucking rain. Oh shit! I I don't know. I I'm, no, I'm trying. I'm not trying to throw shit on TikTokers. Like legit, it's it's all creative, and at the end of the day, it's freedom of expression. So, uh, but it's just not my kind of thing. So you know, kudos to you guys that continue to do it. But anyways, that that when the whole Finas that that basically the announcement came out, I'm I was like, whoa, that is absolute bullshit. I cannot accept it, and uh, it's because that look. Basically, you know, it's our rights mm -hmm. to basically like, uh, you know, be putting out content out there on YouTube, on Instagram, and we're not making money from it, right? Anyone, like personal use, like, look, let's say you take a video of your daughter's birthday or what, you have to go to Finas. Look, that, that's bull crap, like, you know, I think so, it's like, it's like a communist kind of state, really, if you're, you're doing that stuff. Day, you know? Yeah, my grandma. You are legit. Yeah, so it's like, it's like insane. Now, once he he enlightened me with the fact that a, a DOP like if you told me like they, in yeah, the yeah, early yeah. early two thousands the filmmaking industry was basically booming before before yeah before right yeah, yeah, yeah. can you explain a bit more so, okay so here's the thing about uh, this law what it does it's not something it's it's not I mean it's a good thing actually because back then right, check this out yeah back then I think before two thousand in year two uh, thousand. Now a lot of like a lot of filmmakers were like you know were, were making money back mm -hmm. then because there's not much of a uh, competition, right? All right. So um, average back then, mm -hmm. like a DOP, they can earn. Uh, we're talking about average. Here. Yeah, average. So like back then, you can you can get like uh, fifty thousand ringgit shoe per, per day. Per, per day. day. Per day. Whoa. Okay. Per like you know for for a project, right? Right. right. So because of the um, there's a uh, new digital camera that right. introduced because right. back then it's film camera right you know that where like well where you edit you just have to like cut it right paste it yeah right so like right now you edit you just use you know, your pc the your phone yeah your phone i mean i'm recording on a digital camera right now yeah right so digital camera is like so cheap yeah compared to an actual film camera give an idea like how much will it cost like okay um like a, a film camera can cost you like 500, uh, 500,000, 500, right? 500,000. 
Uh, but for like a digital camera like this camera, like maybe 3,000. 3,000. Yeah. You can get a photo of mine. I'm recording on an M50 right now. True. There's only 2 point something K only, and yeah. you're adding all the lenses, maybe around 4,000. 4,000. Now, yeah. a lot of people actually bought the camera and started to shoot and started to become a filmmaker right. as their profession. You know? right. So they charge, um, normally they charge expense, like, you know, like a lot of money for a project, but because of this camera, once they bought it, they, they charge lower. Right. And then what it does to the uh, to the market is like it drops, you know, the value drops. Right. A lot of uh, veteran uh, filmmakers they they retired and they voice out this complaint before they retired. Right. Um, and then I'm not gonna mention names actually. I, I know like most of them. And then what what happened is that um, to end, uh, 2014, uh, there's this um, a good friend of mine. Uh, he used to be the president, uh, the one who's in charge in Finas. Right. You know. And they implement this law, right? Um, fifty thousand, uh, fifty thousand for a license, but you can, uh, but you you pay, let's say two years, right? Two years after you started uh, a production house, right? Now, um, before you started it, uh, before you start a production house, you have to pay two bucks just to ring it. Oh, okay. Just to ring it for the license for Venus, and then two years after that, you have to pay fifty thousand, right? All right. So, I mean, it's fair and it creates like a lot of opportunity for people. Mm -hmm. Fast forward nowadays, it's too much competition. Mm -hmm. And like, if it's a good competition, I don't mind actually. Right. I'm happy, you know, like we live in a world where like we have to compete in order to be, become great. But the problem is, is that I mean, we're not talking about quality here. We're mm -hmm. talking about the value, like, you know, the, the cost, how much do they pay us? And if we do like event shoot like that, they charge really low, right? All right. Um, I'm pretty sure, like you heard about this, like you know, this saying around this community, uh, around this industry, um, like, oh, okay, like the buyers, uh, the the person who hires you say, like, why should I hire you mm. if I can just use my, you know, my phone? My phone, yeah, yeah, my, I got my, my phone. Yeah, I, I have like phone. 4K on my on my camera. Yeah, my, yeah, you know, my, my phone camera. So. I mean, what, what it does is just ruin the whole market. And what it does, um, this new law, what it does to us is like, most um, freelancers, they have to like, you know, they have to pause and rethink about their you know, decision, like their jobs. Right. If I were you, I would actually think mm. all I do. Right. I would actually, I mean, I don't have much money, right. you know, to start it out. What would I do? I probably start from production houses, you know, the production house that has this license, that can actually pay for this license to shoot. What it, what it does to you know for people like us is that it creates more more knowledge. It gives more knowledge, it gives more uh, job opportunity, and it gives more houses uh, experience. Right. A lot of like you know a lot of people like right now they they call themselves filmmaker by mm -hmm. just watching YouTube and then shoot out there and then you know made a mistake. I'm pretty sure you you know you have some. Right, you know. You I mean, uh, to pause you right there, okay. I would be what you're talking about. I'm actually the person you're talking about. I'm those people that learn from YouTube and start mm. out uh, making films out there. And definitely, I have, you know, maybe added to, I guess, the issue which is you know dropping of prices over there. And now, in my own, I mean, I do okay. feel like both sides of it. I can, I can understand both sides of it because you have. Like, okay, I do this for a living, so uh, making commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have clients that actually told me like, dude, you know, I can do it on my iPhone, why should I hire you? Right? There was one time I charged like, you know what, uh, 15,000 for a documentary. Mm -hmm. Okay, a documentary. So that's what, they, what, what my client asked of me. 
and I assume that that was the price uh, and I, I, I kind of like researched around there for 10 minutes like that which is you know, professionally done, done really well you know they would charge around 20,000, 30,000 like that for a 10 minute documentary would you say that's like a reasonable price for a documentary? Uh, 50,000? yeah, 30,000 30, for a 10 to 15 minute documentary um, depends on the, uh, the context. Yeah, the context of it, yeah. like, you know. That's so, I, uh, if the context is, you know, it's doable, then yeah, yeah, it's, it's doable. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, we, we, I think it all boiled down to like a, some sort of miscommunication and whatnot. But from there, it, it you know, it's spiral control. My clients told me like, hey, I can shoot on my iPhone. Why, why do I need to pay this fifteen thousand? So I, I kind of get that sort of feeling. And at the same time, also we got people that um. You know, very fresh in the market. They are maybe students, fresh grads, or somebody that just started from home. You know, and they charge like super low price. So when you know my my clients compare with them, they say like, hey, they can do a good job. Also, why should I hire you? Hmm. So I kind of get both sides, but yeah. I also I know maybe I'm part of the problem also as well. And uh, this is the thing. Uh, when I heard it for the first time, yeah, and uh, without any context, I would say like, oh, this finance shit is horrible. It's it's hmm. bullshit and stuff. But after you came and tell me like from the filmmaking filmmakers side of you, the industry's point of view, I kinda now understand. I think so it would be fair if Finas were to okay fifty thousand is like ridiculous if like it's anybody. But if you are making money from filmmaking or any sort of like work related to like digital media, you know, that requires you know, recording or videos, then yes, you should be liable to pay a certain sort of fee that is I think so feasible for you know for them to you know continue working like it cannot be ridiculously priced. Mm. Maybe you can categorize them like okay for instance if you're just an independent filmmaker you're just alone by yourself there's a separate price versus like a production house maybe there's some intermediaries in between then yes I think so that will make sense and I would okay, accept okay, that. Yeah. I would accept that. You know but you know if it's fifty thousand right off the bat for any any filmmaker to start it will be a disaster. I mean, mm. it will be killing a lot of people's dreams. I mean, I, I think so. Uh, one of the sentences I sent to you on, uh, I know this was on DM, which was, if this law was implemented, uh, it would basically kill a lot of the dreams of yeah, like, yeah. you know, the youth out there that are trying their best to go after their dreams. Mm. You know, um, so I kind of get it from you know your your point of view. Like, and what what do you, do you think you can elaborate more upon this? All right. Um, since you since you mentioned right. about that, um, like a lot of you know restriction and everything, mm. bro. Like, let me tell you something. Like, the more you get restricted, right, the more you become more creative, right. The more you will find ways, you know. Like in Malaysia, we have a problem with our rules here. It's so wide, you know. Like it's so loose. Yeah, true. You know, to shoot like you can just grab your camera mm -hmm. and shoot down there. Right. Like we're not even getting you know like. Uh, we don't, we don't even have a problem with the uh, with the cops. Yeah, right. Like in America, if you want to shoot somewhere, you, you gotta you gotta have a license to shoot. Right. You know, right now they implement that law as well as right. license. You know, so this certain this a lot of rules is necessary. Right. For you to become more creative. Right. You know, example like you wouldn't actually think about like shooting uh, your podcast here. Right. Of course. Right. You have to have like you know a challenge like for example, why would okay. Why don't you shoot somewhere else? Why do you give this place? Mm. So what I mean, as a legit question, okay. Mm -hmm. So because first thing first, it's uh, easy, it's accessible for me. You know, I don't have to ask permission for anyone to film within my own property, mm -hmm. right? And it's also uh, you know convenient for me. That's why I shoot it in in my own home. So I hope that answers the question. No, like uh, for example, mm. um, of course, when you wanna like do something, be actually for the best. 
So when you do this podcast, mm-hmm. of course you want to do something like Joe Rogan. Yes, correct. You want you want to reach that level. Right, right, right. But you, you can't reach that level if you don't have any money, right? Experience. True. And also an accessible or resource mm-hmm. to achieve that. So that is your restriction. Yes. So right. from there you get more creative. Why not just shoot here? Just decorate this whole true, place. True. And shoot and look. You become know, fruitful, right? Yeah, it's fruitful. fruitful. So I'm saying that this law, the, the more restriction, the better. Actually, mm. we we have to strive. We have to strive more. Mm. You know, to be to, uh, to become more creative, we need more. We need more restriction. Mm. You know, for example, um, I give you one great example. Right. Christopher Nolan. How does he start? How did he start? No idea. Tell me, man. He doesn't have. He only has eleven thousand bucks. Okay. For budget. Right. And he wants to do a feature film. Mm. A feature film. And at that time, film um, film cameras so expensive, all right. So how do you do it? He rented. He picked the right people for the right job. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's free, but uh, the actors, all right. He just paid the actors, and it took him, I think, five to seven uh, weeks, maybe more, mm-hmm. to complete the feature film. Right. Because he was just waiting for his time. Don't rush, because if he if he rush, waste more money. Right. Alright, so he just get around all the resources that he can get. Mm. That's the restriction. Right. And we need more of that. True. I mean, I, I can agree with the point of view that is, uh, I know restriction brings about more creativity. When you're more limited, you tend to be more creative with your options over there. And uh, yes, and but you know, there must be, like I said, like, you know, if it's like you were to be making money from it, then yes, I agree that you have to pay that that sort of yeah, license or fee over there. And and this this question I want to ask: uh, You do you went to film school? Yeah. For this, so okay, maybe to the aspiring filmmaker out there, right? What would your advice be? Do, is it because with the advent of the internet out there, pretty much you can learn everything. Like I myself, you know, I, I did have a tertiary education. Mm-hmm. I learned uh, to filmmake by myself on in YouTube. I learned how to basically draw by myself, all by tutorials online. Anybody can do it these days. So why would I need to go to film school in order to be a, a great filmmaker? Okay. Mm-hmm. What you learn from internet is not right. hands-on. You need the hand, hands-on. It's a hands-on skill. Right. All right. You need to actually operate the camera mm-hmm. in order for you to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you need to have, it's a team player. Mm. You need to have a lot of people that actually share mm. the same uh, vision with you. Right. All right. People who want to learn filmmaking as well, mm. who are hungry. Mm. Okay. And connection in the future, of course. Right. The same. So, you, how do you learn all this stuff without the access of the, uh, the camera, of the, uh, the people, the students? Right. And even you get, like, you know, you get your own mentor. Yeah. Correct. Your, your teacher. Mm. So, I'd say, I mean, don't discourage for like people who cannot, uh, couldn't afford, you know, mm-hmm. can't afford to uh, get into film school. Then that's why you know you have no other excuse to not actually do film. Right. You can learn it from the internet. Right. True. All right. But like for people who want to learn, mm-hmm. and then you choose not to go to film school because you have this idea that you know in this community they feed you this idea. All right. It's not just in Malaysia, around the world actually. They mm-hmm. say like you don't need film school. You, know, you don't need to go to film school, you can just learn it, you know, everybody can become a director. See, you need to go to film school. You have to. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the resource, don't worry. There's internet. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing can stop you. And that's why I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to tell people as well, like, you know, don't, don't get discouraged by right. this new law. Right. Find alternative way mm-hmm. to solve the problem. Right. You know, because filmmaking fundamentally, you know, you're solving the problem. Right. True. 
right? And you know, whatever you say, it's I think so truly enlightening, like, you know, in the sense that uh, you know, as someone that's also like a filmmaker so as well, um, I, I don't, I'm mostly make commercials these days, but it's true. Like I think so, I didn't went to university. You know, it's cause not uh, by choice. I felt like my parents already were pretty old, and uh, you know, it's if I were to go, it's going to be like another financial blow for them. You know, but I, I guess I'm always been very tenacious. So I felt like you know it shouldn't be an excuse. So I know what, so what, you know, like I, I think so. I, I, I said share. It was on this podcast as well as well. You know, how I got into filmmaking was like, uh, I think so. It was the year two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, and mm-hmm. I saw. I think so. Yeah, actually, I was way. It's way even before that. It was the year where you know YouTubers were on the rise. Uh, Wong Fu Productions started yeah, yeah, yeah. with their short films and stuff, mm. and to see Asian representation out there, uh, you know, years back there in like somewhat in the mainstream, mm. you know, in YouTube, it gave me like, wow, this is amazing. You know, all these guys look like me, but they can do all this stuff. You know, this sort of stuff because you know, back then it's only like, it's only on Hollywood and kind of stuff, and maybe yeah, like, TVB or that But you know, uh, I guess maybe it's just my perspective. But you know, if, if Hollywood is like the you know, bear, you know, the creme de la creme, you know, yeah. basically. And it's to see, land. yeah, the promise land. <laughs> so everyone, everyone wants to make it to to Hollywood. Like, I mean, like if you tell one, like, at least nine out of ten people, if you tell them that if they could be a Hollywood star, and then like, yeah. within the next day they will take it, right? So the thing, if you go to to the Philippines, even yeah. though uh, you go to the fil- uh, village, we call it barangay. Yeah, barangay. All right. Even if you go there, alarm and then uh, to shoot, and then a lot of like, you know, a lot of uh, people in the barangay they will just, you know. I mean to you, it's like, can I be in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. in Hollywood. Everybody wants to go to Hollywood. True. So, to continue that, like, I think so, a year or two after that, that's when Genie Boy started. Lah. And uh, that's when uh, the, I saw these like Malaysian short films that were on the caliber of like uh, Wong Fu Productions. I'm like, whoa, a Malaysian is doing it. I'm like, whoa. No, I'm like super proud. Lah, you know? And like, okay, uh, that, they, they're the influence in my mind. But what sealed the deal for me was in 2000. Twelve, I think so. 2013 or what year? It was in my uh, lower six. I saw the every year Petronas become all this like uh, non emotional advertisements oh, for Raya and all that stuff. Right? They actually came to my school and they filmed a short film called Akrab. That's for Raya. So yeah. Raya, Raya advertisement or something like that. As a short film, so I saw the cranes, I saw the huge cameras, and I saw them convert the walkway. Of where my school, uh, you know, like every time you walk to the canteen in yeah. the walkway, they converted it into a set. So I'm like, whoa, that's amazing, man. So, like, Do you I remember the Milo? Which one? The Milo. The Milo? Yeah. Oh, of course, man. Who's, 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 free man. Milo! And the Milo there, for some reason, always tastes better than the one you what the country means, actually, free Milo. Free Milo. More of that shit. You can solve a lot of problems if you have free Milo people. Yes. Remember. But anyways, damn. So that that was what game they still did. Like I want to be a filmmaker. And in two thousand, yeah, in that lower six, I was supposed to join this like short film competition. And it's called NIE. It's in the New York Times, right? And they have it every year. But when it came to two thousand thirteen, uh, they kind of cancelled it. So yeah. that was like shot. It shot me. Shot me down, uh, Basically, and I was a bit down for a moment. But I told myself, you know what? I'm not gonna get this. Let this limit me. So what I did was actually I started a proposal for a short film for uh, short film festival for St Michael's. And this was in uh, 2013 uh, And I submitted it to the principal's office And I, I, I didn't know whether it would pass or you know, go through the principal's head or get ignored uh. But thank god, it got approved And it was uh, basically the principal called me one day and said like, Hey Jason, could you come over to the office and explain to me your idea? And I, I basically told the principal uh, basically And at the time and I said, 
Madam Principal, mm. what if amongst our youth today, they could have been a great director, they could have been a great actor, they could have been a great scriptwriter, but because you didn't take up this opportunity, you would have denied them the chance. Now, in St. Michael's, there's this long-standing tradition of having stage play. Nothing wrong with stage play. You could have become president. Who, me? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, Jason yeah. Yeah. Sunday. Kinas, <laughs> you're looking. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, uh, there's this long-standing tradition. One of the challenges that I had to go through to get the short film festival pass was they had a... Every year we had a, a stage play, drama every year. It's a long-standing tradition of St. Michael's. And for us to break that tradition, we had a lot of people against it, basically. Uh, it's like kind of half and half kind of support to my side and half support to the stage play. But uh, what I told the principal, very, you know, she, uh, gave her you know, the confidence, we are not replacing stage play with uh, the, the short film festival. What we are doing is we are evolving from one medium to another. That's all. Mm. And what was the benefit of having a short film festival compared to the stage play was that if it's a short film festival, you can have more than one director, you can have more than one main actor, you can have more than one that's you know, no script writer. So you can have multiple students, like this unlimited student involvement basically, anyone can join. And it gives equal opportunity for everybody out there. So, and I think so all these points, I guess in the end, kind of convinced the PIVG head and also convinced the principal and you know, thank God it went through. And uh, the very year itself, uh, it was passed and I wasn't the organizer, so I joined yeah. in as a competitor. And then that's where I, I, started, I did my first two short films, still up on YouTube right now. Uh, of course, it's like, okay, I only had like one camera, one DSLR camera, which I borrowed from the school. I, I know nuts about that's filmmaking. I don't know anything. I don't even know how to use a DSLR. It was the first time I hold a DSLR in my hands. And uh, with my mate uh, Kajin, uh, if you're watching, thank, thank you. You, know, you. You also got me inspired. He's also another inspiring person. Uh, he basically got me involved in this filmmaking bit, and like he was my director, and I was the producer slash co-director. And uh, we started making these short films. Like, it was called Thirteen Years of Michaelian. That was like my goodbye to my school. Uh, okay, so basically, if you spend thirteen years in St Michael's, that means you're there since then one to upper six. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called 13 years I'm like, then, uh, So I think so there's one film called uh, I think so 13 years a slave or something like that <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But there's no slavery involved, okay? So it was basically my good like, Maybe like the principles have become a pet right? Yeah But anyways yeah, That's a story for school kids That's, that's <laughs> a story for another time But anyways uh, it, it, What do you call that? Where, where did I stop? I think uh, so basically, the short film was my goodbye project to say to my school. I know, like, I, I mean, some in Michael's, you learn a lot of stuff, right? And I know people that left the school, they really love the school, I know, the old boys. And even there's an old boy association or so. And if you see their Facebook page or Facebook group in St. Michael's, they're still pretty online. So, yeah, yeah very supportive. Oh, okay. The Facebook group has been there for a long time, really. And uh, people, all my killings are still very active on there and you know, they show the love for the school yeah. until to this day. Like, and I think so the old boys or the PIBG also they have really supported the school in terms of funding because it's not a fully uh, government school it's yeah. like half kind of thing so uh, essentially speaking that was like my goodbye project to the school uh. so you know I really loved my semicles and uh, I know that was my bye bye uh. mm-hmm. and that's one film the other one is called White Coffee Love so White Coffee Love is because it was an interracial it was an interracial oh, yeah, relationship yeah, okay. story so you know milk coffee mix it in mm. coffee right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so 
Uh, and Co- Ipoh is also known for white coffee, so it's not like the regular coffee, uh, not coffee love, right? So it's pure. But I love white coffee, man. Like, coffee, you know. That's what I order like every time when I go to. No, bro, because Ipoh, they have very high standards for coffee, man. I, I still fight very hard to find good coffee in, in, in like PJ and KL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some places, uh, there's just one place in Kuchong, right? That, that's, that place has, Kuchong. Like, okay, Kuchong has really a lot of good food. And there was coffee there that was on the same level as Ipoh. Like. But anyways, this, uh, these two short films were my first short films and they actually got, White Coffee Love got first and 13 Years of My Turn got fourth. So, and you know what, to end this story, the very f- newspaper that denied me the chance of entering featured me in the, oh, featured me in yeah, the yeah. Times. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so it's like, it's like a full on like, See, you story. you hard man, like, you know, that's the, um, the key thing about, you know, being a filmmaker. Yeah. You know. We are like you know miracle worker, right? And I think so. From the experience of making the film with very very much zero budget, uh, I can understand your sentiment of like limitations create you know more creative uh, creativity basically in, in the work that you do. We, we, you need to rethink really outside the box of like how to get things yeah. done without the funding, without the equipment, and it can be done. So I think so. I can say that you know I really I you know I. It, it really brought a new light to me what you've said and also that uh, you know it, it's something that you know an issue that should be addressed and i think so the rule the current rules right now we i'm not pretty sure about it yet but it's going to be the final verdict on it but i do think that there should be funding in uh, i mean like sorry licensing in, in terms of like if you're making it a career yeah you, yeah you have anything to add on you're professional no um the only people who are like eligible to uh, to obtain that license, mm-hmm. uh, it's you have to have uh, three years or maybe four years of portfolio, mm-hmm. okay, and you they have to have summer um, hat, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you have to have uh, of course money, right? Okay, you mm-hmm. know, so these three if you have, all right, then you're able to you know to get the license, right? Sure. License. Right. So how do I apply for these licenses? Um, which license? Uh, if you say that seven days before, if you're shooting somewhere, you need to get a license. For Finas, bro. Finas is yeah. as well, is it? And do you have to pay for... Um, no. Not, uh, at the time being, no, I don't think so. Oh, but but if you're phone. going to shoot, let's say, if you're going to shoot, mm. um, let's say, uh, JD Sport. Mm. Well, you have, to, you have to ask permission from JD Sport and also Finas. If I were to shoot like a prank video, let's say I go to like McDonald's or something, you need to shoot. Uh, you, you need, need to, to uh, ask, get the license, and get uh, ask the permission. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So like, all these public thanks things is kind of hard to do here, I guess. I mean, you know, maybe that technique. Would it work? I mean, like, how how okay? Let's say I give you a topic right now. If let's say I were to mm-hmm. tell you, hey Abraham, I've got this idea of like. Uh, shooting this prank where I go into like McDonald's and prank all I like you know they give you like free refills right okay mm-hmm. you, know, you just get a bucket and you put the Coca-Cola logo there and then you get the counter and ask them for like a refill like a prank song like that how, how would you could, okay. how could you do it if it's a prank um, I'd say that you know we have to uh, uh, okay if it's just a prank mm. you know we can just do it with our phones yeah you know if you want to use camera Running gun, guerrilla tactics, bro. Right. You know? Why get into trouble with Finas for? Of course. So they what? They're gonna they're gonna find me. Ah uh, yeah. Okay. Now you know, guys. That's why I don't see a lot of Malaysians uh, doing pranks. It's like really tough, I guess. Um, bro. Okay. This law also um exists in United States. Right. And do you see like you know uh prank 
Prime I videos? I see still see Prime videos. As a lot. So it's possible. There's there's a lot. So again, we always resolve to guerrilla tactics. Mm. Always find solution to our, uh, to the problems. Mm. So in in a sense that the rules are not enforced or they're not strict with it. Um, it is strict. Really? Like I advise you to follow the laws. Like, yeah. you know, you if you it. don't have the uh, you know you don't have the the guts to do it. Mm. That's your problem, no. Yeah, that's your problem. Yeah. So if you you read what you saw, basically, yeah, that's <laughs> it, you know. But you you know you wouldn't know if you never tried. Yeah, man. Legit. Just go for it. You know. Yeah, man. So, Breaking the law. Breaking the law. So guys, if you want to become a rebel, like now is the best time to be a rebel. Yeah. So. Anyways, um, you know, is there anything else that you want to add on before like we we close up on this chapter? Of- um, um, I remember something actually. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, yeah. So basically, all right, okay. Here's the thing that we should address. Um, again, we're living in the twenty um, first century. Right. Okay. There's still a lot of parents who are very skeptical about you know about oh, jobs. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. That's something interesting about our jobs. Now, right. What it does, this law, right? Mm-hmm. Slowly, don't worry, guys. Like because with this law, there's even more laws coming in. Mm-hmm. So watch out. Mm-hmm. Now, what it does, the uh, this kind of law, this kind of law, the ripple effect, you know, in mm-hmm. the future. Let's just say maybe ten years from now, mm-hmm. right? If they really enforce this law, okay? Mm-hmm. People are uh, people don't really simply go to, uh, you know, go. Go to shoot in the uh, on the street, right? All right, and they're more controlled. Um, people, the freelancers, mm-hmm. less freelancers. So that means there's more opportunity, right? You know, uh, because they don't disrupt the market. Mm-hmm. Less, uh, less competition, and um, people who actually think that okay, so if I want to become a filmmaker, I have to go for school, mm-hmm. and before uh, after I go to school, I need to get a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for like production company and then work uh, my way up until my way up there mm-hmm. till I have enough money to start a company right. and register for license. So basically, Abraham, there's this thing that uh, I know I always asked. Uh, I know a lot of these artists that came to my show. Um, I think so. We can read really in the sense that we're both in the creative realm, the creative industry, and that has come a lot of uh, prejudice from uh, basically the older generation, where mm-hmm. our parents and all that, because. I think so. The main reason is because they don't feel like there's any prospects in the industry, and uh, you said that you know this law is going to benefit in you know helping that you know getting rid of the prejudice. How so? Okay. Um, so okay, it's a, it's a long stretch, but hear me out first. Um, okay, so with this law, they will increase the number of uh, freelancers. Right. Therefore, uh, the market will actually get better because less competition. Right. Right. But the problem is that all freelancers, uh, I mean most freelancers, they're forced to get a day job, right? Because they couldn't afford uh, to get uh, this license, to pay for this license, you know, to conduct their business. Mm. So what would happen is that um, they will get a day job, mm. and most uh, filmmakers automatically set a uh, set kind of, some kind of uh, rule. Mm. You want to be there, you need to have a uh, uh, you need to have a a company. But before you have a company, you have money, right? Right. So how to get money? You gotta do job. Right. You gotta have a job. Have a job, right? Alright, so and how to get a job if you don't have any experience. Right. Alright? Of course you gotta learn. Yeah. Alright, you gotta uh, gain some experience. Mm-hmm. And what better way uh, to get a uh, experience is um, to, to go for film school. Mm-hmm. Right? True. Now it 
it becomes more like a uh, a profession mm-hmm. already in right. a sense because most parents here they, they think that you know if you're doing art you know if you're doing film it's not a profession right All it's right? like a hobby it's, it's a, a hobby. phase mm-hmm. thing. True. right so like let's say in the future probably um, I hope so like a lot of kids be like okay let's go to film school yeah to learn this right all right to learn the films right and then after I graduated I'm gonna go get a job right get a day job gain more experience mm. getting more like you know getting better mm. at your craft mm. um, and get paid so that you have saving mm. uh, either you want to like you know do your own project or you know yeah or you want to set a company you want to open a company and pay for you know, a fitness license there you go yeah so basically that that helps in a sense like I know and yeah I think so it's like a truly enlightening thing for for all of us again I say it many times deep but it is it really is and because like I, I've never been able to speak to anyone that has done this as a you know full-time profession someone that's gone to film school so it's an interesting perspective and it goes to show that uh, you know what was Pinas actually trying to do and what problem they're trying to resolve yeah. essentially speaking was the fact of like uh, you know people out there that are not too many freelancers out there and there's like it just screws up the market price I think so yes, all things. Yes, yes. so having this rule I think so a, a modified rule Okay, yeah. something that is you know uh, we looked at and have being more fair and realistic for basically people out there in the industry because if they were to just implement okay straight everyone that does uh, film for a living you have to pay fifty k you're gonna destroy our careers and people are moving out of jobs so I think so it needs to be looked at researched at and you know maybe conduct a survey of like how much people can really afford to pay for licensing at the same time being able to make this a career. Mm-hmm. So I think so. It's uh, you know, thank you so much for basically sending me a DM not too long ago, and <laughs> it sounds bad, but you know it's a good kind of DM. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's like in my DM, bro. So if you guys want to be on the podcast, send me enlightening stuff on my in my DMs, so you can be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, anything you want to tell them out there before we go? Never surrender on your dream. Never give up. Right. You know, just because there's a problem, you know, you need to solve it. Right. All right. You you want to go up there, okay? You want to reach on top. You want to be like you know something other. You right. want to be like you know Drake. Yeah. You want to be whoever like mm. I don't know like you go to the president. You need to fight your battle. Never surrender. Never give up. Mm. All right. Never listen to your parents. Mm. You know, if they I mean like even friends. You know. Right. I've seen a lot of people like that. I mean, this is why I tell a lot of people to like look. I'm sure what your parents are trying to do or what they're actually trying. to to do is like uh, they're trying to make sure that you don't make the wrong choices but look if i want to get advice on being a filmmaker or let's say in my case you know i was a bodybuilder before you don't ask your dad because your dad is my dad's accountant no i love my dad but he knows nuts about being a filmmaker or being a bodybuilder so why should i ask why should i listen to him right you know you listen to somebody that has been in the industry been there before and he'll tell you the realities of it right so that is why you have to you know like pick who you listen to correct yeah and i'm speaking my behalf that i'm i'm also facing this problem right you know, together all of us yeah I, I need to find 50k to pay for the license mm. you know so i understand like where, where we all come from like our needs and what we want right. what we deserve you know as a sure. as an artist right we're not just some some kind of videographer like mm. pay for like someone ma- no we we're more than that yeah you know, we have creativity Yep. We have the power to, to change the world, man. Yeah, true. To influence true. people. Very true, very true. 
And uh, you know, that's all we have for the podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a lightning podcast. Actually, this is the first time we only had like, like we're going back to the old format, which is usually me without Brendan. So Brendan, if you guys want to know where I see, he's out there spending time with his girlfriend, having some sweet time. So shout out to Brendan, yo, I miss you, and I'm having some tough time with the Logic Pro right now because I'm a Windows user. So I need you back, bro. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> Say, where, where you are? Where you are? <laughs>